what are the things in my business that have to change if I'm going to hit this? This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 90. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. I think like most entrepreneurs, we've had those weeks or days where we've woken up and gone, I'm doing all these tactics. I've been setting up email campaigns. I've been setting up content strategy. I've been doing all these different things, yet I don't know where I'm going. Why am I doing this? And it's so easy to find yourself lost on that road. Mm, indeed. Hey, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite back again for another episode of Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. And we're talking strategy today. We are talking strategy. We're talking strategy with Laura Posey. Mm-hmm. And this is really, really great. It's actually something that we have since really sort of knuckled down on and changed the way that we do things a little bit by listening the to things, Laura's advice. I mean, one of the things we do is we, at the end of every one of these episodes, is we have a commitment to ourselves, which is for every guest we interview, we have to write down the action we're going to take within Response Suite to actually move forward. And that does two things. One, it makes sure we get the right quality of guest on the show. And second, it means that we don't just become hosts who go, oh, we've got all these guests and do nothing with it. It's so easy to do that when you're creating content, isn't it? So mm. this is really, really good. If you ever find yourself lost, you don't really know where you want to go. And maybe you know where you want to go, but you don't know how you want to get there, or what that journey is going to look like. This is a really good episode. You're going to love it. But before we go into any of that, we're going to go into Rob's all-important quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, broken wheelie bins have no L-plates. Thoughtful, insightful, and slightly worrying all at the same time. Thanks for that. Hello to everybody who is a listener of the well, show. you can't and- drive them, can you? Because they're broken. You can't drive them. because Stop trying to justify them, Robert. Stop it. I mean, just behave. So, Laura Posey. What was it? Laura Posey, yeah. I was about to tell them about the email marketing show. What's that? Well, why don't you tell us? Because I feel like I bleat on about it a lot. <laughs> it's actually our new podcast. It's been good for a few months now and we are loving it. The feedback has been amazing. It's a brand new podcast all about email marketing where what sort of on one week, it's me and Kennedy talking about email marketing. And then on the off week, it's a really great guest talking about what's been working for them in the trenches in their email marketing. Plus we play some silly games, totally different games. You'd be pleased to hear. And of course we have lots of bands as well. We do. We talk about things like our favorite subject line we've seen of the week and we dissect that and see why it's working and people's email marketing and modeling really good email marketing practice. You also get to submit a question about email marketing and we will answer it for you in a very special way. Now you can find the podcast on all the podcast players. Just search for The Email Marketing Show. And of course you can find it on YouTube as well if you'd like to see our glowing faces. You can, you can. If you want to go and submit a little question to that show, you can go. I'm going to do a little sneaky, sneaky plug for that on this show. Is that all right? I think we can do that, can't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. You go to blog.responsesuite.com slash show. Leave us a voice message with your email marketing related questions. Can I, can I submit a question? No, you cannot, but you can listen to Laura Posey. Laura Posey, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. We're really excited to have you. One of the things that a lot of us are going through right now in our businesses is we've been running it for quite a while. We've got lots of things going on. We've got all these different traffic methods and all these different offers and stuff like that. And sometimes you might wake up and think, Christ, what am I supposed to be doing? There's so many bits to this. I'm confused. I've lost my way a little bit. You've got some really amazing ideas around how to pull that together and get some focus and actually lean things up a bit, haven't you? I do. Absolutely. I, I think every single business on the planet 
um, should have a strategic plan to tell them what they're building and how they're building it. And I think the best businesses do it on a single sheet of paper. A single sheet of paper, an entire business. But I've got yep. like a million different traffic sources. And Just 42, use a big bit of paper. 42 variations of every Facebook ad. So my biggest client that uses this is $27 billion. So I see your busy business and raise it by several billion. Thank you. I appreciate that, madam. <laughs> 27 billion. 27, 27 billion. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love it. But I think it, what's the thing for me though, we were just talking about this and we're hanging out before and it feels like a, a plan, a strategy. You usually plan before you start doing a thing, but here we are in the middle of our businesses now going, well, I kind of have a plan. I sort of know what I'm doing and I'm doing the serving this market. Are we too late? No, no, not at all. I mean, it, really what you have now is experience. So you're going to make a better plan than somebody who's just starting out, has no clue, has no idea what they want to do. Um, you know, I, I liken the, the creating a plan to in, in building a business to building a house. Okay. And when you, you can build any kind of house you want. Right. I mean, as long as you've got some cash, you can build something very traditional, something very modern, something tall, something wide, whatever. It's just got to be something that it's that your dream house that you really, really want to live in. And a strategic plan is really just like, you know, with your, with your house, you've got a, a picture of what it is that you're going to build. Right. Some nice artist draws you this gorgeous beautiful picture of this, this stunning home that you're going to live in. Mm. And then you build a, you create a blueprint, right? So that you can go hire a bunch of people to build your house for you. And a strategic plan is really just that blueprint, right? It's got to start, there's got to be a piece of it that that's, it's that beautiful vision of what you want to create. And then what goes on that single sheet of paper is just the, the big steps for how we're going to build this. And once you have that, then you can build a daily punch list so that you know who's doing what to build this business, whether that's you doing it or whether it's you hiring a bunch of people. And yeah, go ahead. It's amazing. It's, I just think it's amazing because the, the advantage you have when you're building a house is you can go and find out the costs of raw materials and you can find out all of that stuff. But with, when you're building a business from the beginning, if you, when you haven't started yet, which we'll all remember, you're actually just, if, if you write a plan at that point, you're, actually, guessing. It, it, you're yeah. writing a work of fiction. You're Absolutely. guessing. Whereas if you're in this position now, actually having all of the information about which markets are working for you, or which product lines are working for you, and which routes are working for you, you can actually write a better plan now than you could ever have back in the fictional days. Absolutely. And, and you've got that experience about what you love to do in your business, what your superpower is, what you should actually be doing mm-hmm. and all that stuff that you should outsource. Mm-hmm. And when you're first getting started, you have no clue, right? You, you really is guesswork. It's super helpful to have that plan anyway, so that you can make good decisions because ultimately that that's what a strategic plan does for you. Is it, it forces you to sit down in a clear space with a clear head, when you're not stressed out, when you're not freaking out about where, you know, what campaigns are running and is anything working, but to just take a step back and say, what do I really want to build? And what is the best way for me to get there? And to, to really sort through all the things you can do into the things that you should do. And when you make those decisions all in that one day and a good plan gets done in a day. Huh. 
Wow. And so, I, yeah. say, that sounds like I have to take out a whole bunch of time, Laura. No, no, no. It's, it's takes no more than a day. I mean, even with the $27 billion client, we, mm-hmm. we knock out one page one day and we have 17 people in the room, um, oh. who are all, you know, big wigs, got their own senior, opinions, senior VP. Above all that. Yeah. Um, and we still get it done. And, and so if you just take that time to take that day and make the big decisions once, then the rest of your year is just executing on those decisions. And you have this great tool for, for deciding it, should I do this opportunity or not? Should I do this thing or not? Right? Like I, I, I hear all the time in my business, ah, oh, you should do live events. You should do this. You should do that. And it doesn't fit into my plan. Mm. because part of my plan says Laura can work from anywhere in the world. Mm. And if I want to travel all the time, if I've got a bunch of live events, I've got to be at on my schedule that that's in violation of my plan. Right. But what's really interesting about your plan as well, before we go on to this decision thing, which I really want to talk into in a second, is we talk, we we often build businesses where there's lots of bits on the outsides that we're doing, but we don't enjoy doing. Yeah. And what's nice if, if by having, by forcing it onto one page, there are some bits which physically will not fit onto the one. Yeah. Page. And it forces you to cut off all that straggly stuff, which you really don't care about. So that's, that's really amazing. So let's talk about those decisions because at this point we've, the decision-making process is one of the longest processes we can go through, especially if we've got a team like that. But even if we're on our own, making decisions and come into an informed final decision on something is that long and difficult. And it's the process often people will put off. That's the reason a lot of people don't want to make a second guessing because you sort of have this. Yeah. Yeah, So if you can just do that once the beginning of the year or the beginning of the quarter, depending on how often you want to do that, a question we'll be asking you later, I'm sure. Then it just means like you say, you can just focus on the execution, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, your job is to get up and do what's on the plan. Huh. And Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, we've all read the science about decision fatigue, mm. you know, the more dis- we, we, I've read somewhere recently that the average entrepreneur makes 35,000 decisions during a day. I'm wow. like, well, of course we're exhausted at the end of the day and we're making mm. really bad decisions at the end of the day. So when you have this, this true North, this, this piece of paper that's guiding your decisions, it becomes really easy to look at it and say, Hey, is this on my plan or is it off my plan? And if it's off my plan, I'm not doing it. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And reducing the number of decisions you've got, you've, you, you yeah. make on that day for that very reason means the quality of the decisions you're going to make can be better. It's one of the reasons, for example, my wardrobe, people laugh at me when they look at my laundry out on the line because all I have is a, a washing line full of white shirts because I only own plain white shirts. Because no in the no pants, just white shirts. That's why you don't see anything. <laughs> like my shirt like. But, but in truth, the reason for that is because I don't want to have to make one, of my, make one of my decisions, which shirt I'm going to wear today. A white shirt's going to go with every kind of attire that I wear. So that's not a decision anymore. I've removed that from my life. Exactly. And in, in, there's so many things that we, we are forced to make decisions about, particularly when we have other people in our lives, you know, spouses, partners, children, um, and even coworkers, right, and and employees. So th- there's lots of decisions that are being forced on us. We need to take a look at the ones that that we can own, that we can really carve in stone, mm-hmm. and take the time to write those down and make those decisions, and then forget about them, and just focus on the execution and dealing with the other crap that gets thrown at us every day. 
One of the things that seems to have happened in the business world over the last few years is there's been this increasing push towards this idea of you've got to hustle and grind and hustle, hustle, hustle. And actually, it's I think it's something that started um, like millions of years ago. My dad, who's in his 70s, has been in business all of his life. And he has this opinion that, well, son, you've just got to do all the things, even the things you don't really, you really, really don't like to do, because that's just what you've got to do. You've just got to get it done. You've just got to get You're it. You're not supposed to enjoy it. work. That's, that's why it's there. Like, right, exactly. Because what he says, you could have a job doing something that's you know, really mundane and boring that you don't want to do. And people have to go and do that. So just because you've got your own business doesn't make you any different. And what happened was we then went into this big sort of world of freedom. And then quite recently over the last few years, we've got people coming out and saying, no, no, it's all about hustling and hustling and hustling. So how do we start to build? Because uh, what you're giving us here, by the way, is permission to have these non-negotiable things. Like for example, you want to be location independent. And therefore that means you can't do some stuff that would stop you from being location independent. You're actually saying, I'm going to cut those things out of my plan. So that means we have permission to have these like non-negotiables, right? Right. Absolutely. And I think that the biggest piece that I see here and, 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 you know, it's, it's so interesting with coaches and consultants and, you know, because we get paid to tell other people what to do. <laughs> and then we also go pay a lot of other people to tell us what to do. Right. We, you know, we coaches hire coaches like crazy consultants. Hire, very meta. Exactly. And, um, and so I, I think it's, it's just, we get so just sort of, we hear all these great ideas from all these brilliant people. And we think, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Well, the only way I can do all those things from, that all those other people are telling me to do is I mean, do this hustle and grind and all that other bullshit. And mm -hmm. I think if you really want to build an amazing business, you've got to step back and say, what do I want? What kind of business do I really want? Like my plan says, Laura manages no more than five people because I just don't want to have to pay attention to more than five people. Right. Now they can have other people that they manage, right? That's great. But I, there are five people that are directly in contact with me and no more than that. Mm -hmm. Because I know that I get overwhelmed when I've got too many people that I've got to keep track of. Right. And so I think when you really sit down and you get super clear about what you really, 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 really want, right? Like you're going back to the house analogy. Right? You know, everybody can build a big mansion, right? It's, they're all over the place. But think about what is the house that would just make you light up? Every day you came home and you thought, oh my God, this is home. I love this place. I feel whole here. I feel centered. I feel connected. And I can't wait to have people over. Like I want everybody at my house because this place is the best place ever. And, and so think about what that would be, but think about what that would be for your business. What is a business that's going to make you feel like the best person in the world, that you're excited every day to get up and be a part of this? And, and what are all the bits and pieces that are going to make that happen? So, you know, think about what do you really want to be known for? Think about, you know, what kind of, of environment do you want to work in? Do you want to have an office with a bunch of people in it or do you want to have a, a virtual uh, type of, of space, mm -hmm. right? Do you want to be location independent? How much time do you really want to spend in the business? What do you want to be doing in the business, right? Do you want to be the strategist and the visionary? Do you want to be the talent? Do you want to be the copywriter, right? Like what is that stuff about the business that you love that you don't want to give up so that you can pay other people to do all the rest of that stuff, right? right? Or stop doing it. 
Mm. I think the mistake a lot of us make, and I know I certainly did, is to say, okay, great. I want to create a business that's going to earn X amount. And I want to be able to do it where I don't work any more than, I don't know, let's say 10 hours a week, arbitrary number. Let's imagine that was it. But because I'm starting the business back in the day when I was, the business has no revenue because I'm just starting. So I need to get going. I need to hustle and grind. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll work 80 hours a week and then I'll build the business to a point where I can afford to strip back. And what you end up doing is you end up building a business that requires you to work 80 hours a week. You basically built yourself a job. Right. Yeah. You build build yourself a business that requires you to be working eight hours a week and you can't start to do that stuff. So as we start to map out this, this document then, right, we've got a piece of paper. I presumably, first of all, you recommend doing this with an actual pen on actual paper or do you, or do you suggest doing it digitally somewhere? I, you know, I think it depends on you, right? And I know it depends is a stupid answer, but some people just think better digitally. Some people think better with a pen and paper. Whichever one works for you, mm. doesn't matter. Okay. So I'm a pen and paper gal. Okay. Yeah. We, we are pen and paper guys. I have to say, I nearly said pen and paper I gals. I just said girls. I nearly said girls. Girls? Guys. Um, so let's imagine we're going to take our piece of paper yep. or our digital piece of paper. Are we, gonna, are we going to like divide that into different sections first and then start? How do we do that? Yeah. So um, you can, uh, here's, here's sort of the, the major sections, right? So there's the, the vision piece, which is 10 years out, mm-hmm. your core values, no more than five core values. Um, and then your three-year targets. So we're looking 10 years, three years, and then one year. What are your one-year goals? And the difference between targets and goals is a target is something you're aiming at. A goal is a commitment. So be very careful what you write in your goals. Okay. Can you give us a little example of that? Um, yeah. So let's say you want to be in 10 years, you want to be at $3 million, mm-hmm. right? And so in, and let's say you're at, um, I, I don't know, a hundred thousand right now. Okay. So in three years you say, you know what? I think I, if I really do things right, I could be at, um, a million in three years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I'm, I'm saying, you know what? That million is somewhere between where I am now and my, my 10 years. Right. It's a, it's a milestone, but three years is a really long time yeah. and I've never been there before. So <laughs> I'm taking a bit of a guess. Okay. Right. So it's a target. It's where I'm aiming. And I, and I want to look at that three years because I want to start thinking about, are there things that I need to do now to position myself to be there? So for example, let's say, um, let's say you want to buy a building, right? You want to have an office, people, all that good stuff. And you want to buy a building in three years. Well, you need to start thinking now about saving up the deposit, the down payment for that building, right? So we're looking out there, we, we're, we're saying, is there anything that's going to happen out there in the three years of what I need to think about now? But now I get down to one year and I go, okay, I got to make a commitment. So if I'm at a hundred thousand, what am I committed to earning at the end of this year? Right. And it may be, you know what, I've, I've got some good stuff going. I think I could get to 200,000 this year. I think I could double my business. Right. And so I am now writing that I'm carving it in stone and I'm going to, and my whole job now is to figure out how to make that happen. So that's, that's sort of the next section. Is, that's really interesting. So yeah. basically the, 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 yeah. the target yeah. is, is the, it's a thing in the distance, which you have no control over that it could move because it's so far exactly. away. Whereas yeah. a goal is a thing you're like, I'm going to commit to this in order to give me the best. It's almost like saying I'm going to go, if it was a physical target and we're talking about archery, yeah. it's that I'm going to go to archery lessons this Tuesday, next Tuesday, and every Tuesday between now and then. Yeah. 
Okay. And, and of course, the thing that is that far away, especially when it's financial, like $3 million in three years time might not be worth what we consider it to be now. You know, like things are going to change. Right. It's going to flip. Like we might get there. If, if the world got invaded by aliens and everything went wrong, $3 million in three years time might be like a tenant a day. You know, everything could go wrong. Hey. So, exactly. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Okay, so let's go back to what's on this plan. So we've got the 10 years. Let's, let's recap that. Yep. So we've got our, our 10-year vision. We've got our core values. And I make everybody do core values mm-hmm. because that's another decision-making tool, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you've got to know. So that the two questions you ask for anything that pops up as an opportunity because we're all opportunists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're entrepreneurs, right? Is it moving me significantly closer to my vision? And is it in alignment with my core values? And if those two things are true, then you can possibly do it. Um, if they're not true, then screw it. Doesn't, it just don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got, ten, we got a 10-year um, vision. We got core values. We've got our three-year targets. We've got our one-year goals. Um, we want to put some metrics around those goals. So we want to look at what are the activities that have to be done to achieve those goals. So what are the, the things that I'm going to do that are going to get me there? So for example, like if you're going to grow your, if you want to grow your revenue, right? One of the things that you may need to do is grow your email list, mm-hmm. right? So the, one of the things I'm going to measure is the number of new emails each week. Right. Right. Um, and so we're not, we're not just taking that goal and dividing it into um, little weekly goals. That's bullshit. Life doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm right? We, we need to look at what are the activities that I'm going to do? What are the, the levers that I have? So those are the, the metrics. So we want to have a metric for each goal, a weekly metric. Um, I like to then take it and say, okay, if I've got this goal, what are the things in my business that have to change if I'm going to hit this, right? What are the, okay. the, the systems or the pieces, parts of my business? So um, again, we just use the revenue goal, right? So Maybe the, one of the things that has to change is maybe I need better lead capture, right? So maybe I need better lead magnets. Maybe my opt-in page sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I need, um, or maybe I need a better sales page. Or maybe I need a better sales process. Maybe I haven't even mapped out my sales process and I'm, you know, I'm not really clear about all the steps that people go through. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I need better conversions, Right. There's, there's all sorts of things, right, sorts of systems that need to change or improve. And so those become projects, right? What are the projects that I have to complete if I'm going to hit this goal? And projects are just things that need to go from A to B. They're, they're things that need to change. And so a, a project could be hiring somebody, mm-hmm. right? It could be hiring a virtual assistant, could be hiring a copywriter. And for um, you, a project is yeah. something which usually is made up of lots of subtasks, Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a big moving from A to B, changing a state, finish, completing a system, improving a system in your business. Um, and what we want to do with those projects, and this all goes on this, this one sheet of paper, is we want to look at the projects that need to happen for each goal. And then we want to lay them out in quarters. So we want to, we want to have sort of think of four columns, one for each quarter. Mm-hmm. And we want to think about, so for um, goal A, what are the projects that need to be done and in which quarter am I going to do those? And we want to map those out. And then we want to do the same thing for goal B and goal C and goal D. We, we, never love, we never do more than four goals. And so what happens then is you, you're starting to map out your year of what's going to get done when. 
and you're making sure that you're not overwhelming yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because what happens with most people when they sit down to do a plan is they go, wow, there are 37 things I need to do. Let me start them all today. Right. Um, and we know that's a recipe for disaster. Your team yeah. gets overwhelmed, you get overwhelmed, and what happens analysis with Analysis by analysis, as they used to say. Yeah, well, and the, the really sad part is you, you get in the habit of wanting to do a lot of things that never get done, and your team starts to see that. And so when you come in and say, hey, we're going to do this thing, they go, eh, flavor of the month, just wait a little while. Don't forget about that. Don't forget about that. Right. Yes, yeah. Right? You, and, see, you uh, see it happen, don't you? Oh, all, all the time. <laughs> What yeah. are we doing this week, boss? <laughs> What's right. What's called this month? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, when you just, you, you map it all out and you start to, you know, you look at things like if you have seasonality issues, like I do a lot of planning work. So my Q4 is always really busy. We're selling like crazy. We're doing webinars. Like we don't do projects in Q4. Um, it, it just doesn't happen. That means the rest of the, you know, four four quarters worth of stuff has to get compressed into three. And what happens is when you really start to look at that, you start to go, holy crap, we have completely bitten off more than we can chew. Mm -hmm. This is never going to all get done. Let's go back and look at the really important things, the things that are really going to move the needle. Let's forget about all this other bullshit, cross that off. Um, Because we, we, so for each quarter, we only have one project per goal per quarter. So that means you can have no more than four projects per quarter. Okay. So you've got to be selective. You've got to pick the ones that are really going to move the needle. And that makes sense because around the projects, you've got day-to-day business to take care of. Right, right. The projects are all new stuff, right? And that's the thing that I think people forget about change. Like when you're, when you're like, hey, we're going to change all this stuff. It's like, well, our day is already full. It's not like we have all this extra time. Yeah. What I, like right. about, what I like about all of this for us as existing business owners, as opposed to doing this when you first start out, is that actually deciding what you want this to look like. So deciding, you know, for example, uh, okay, I want to be able to do this so that I'm only working two hours a day, for example. You might say that's going to be one of your things as how, how this looks. The, the, the way you come up with that stuff is just look at what you're doing now and decide what you don't like about it. So right now I'm working 80 hours a week. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to have to just change that. What do I want to work? I'm going to do this. And then that turn, that, that flows down into, okay, great. What am I going to do in order to make that happen? Okay, great. Well, I need to hire some people. Who do I need to hire? And, and this is all really about cool. planning. I mean, Laura's obsessed with planning. That's the thing. Like you're absolutely like the planner. Except. Fact, uh, well, except for holidays vacations vacations you're not a big planner of vacations are you um i like to so well actually i've already got uh vacations planned for um my farthest one out is january okay Um, got the tickets for the festival bought plane tickets bought airbnb booked but did you Um, do any of that or did you get somebody else to do it yeah, I kind of get other people to do that. Yeah, I'm like, hey, let's go to this festival. It's true, it's true, but I get that. So we're going to go into our first game of the episode, which we've made vacation theme just for you. And this is how it's going to work. <laughs> we, uh, we surveyed, a bit like that television show, which we can't name for copyright infringement reasons, but we surveyed a list of four people in our office, not 100. <laughs> we surveyed four people in our office to come up with 10 items that you might find inside of... A, inside of a suitcase when planning a vacation. And we're going to pop a timer up and we need you in 60 seconds to guess as many of these 10 things that we might have named as possible. So you can just throw them at us. We'll tell you whether they're right or wrong. You can plow straight on with the next guess and see how many of these 10 things you can guess 
in 60 seconds. Does that make sense? All right. Things you need in a vacation suitcase. All right. Let's see if my vacation suitcase. Here we go. No. Um, a swimsuit. Yes. yes. Some sandals. No. I'm toiletries. Mm. Underwear. Uh, underwear's not on there, is it? No. Nope. You can shorts? Have, that's, that's deodorant. So you can have the that. deodorant. Yeah. 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 So you can have that. Shorts, yeah, shorts is, there. is on that's there. Three. Yes. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, I would take some sunglasses because I'm going to be someplace. Yes, yes, sunglasses on there. That's four. Oh, excellent. Um, gosh, what else would you put in there? <laughs> I can hear your hands nervously uh, a, twitching. A book. Um, a yes, book, a book on there. Yes, that's five. Oh wow! Um, halfway through, halfway actually, through. We, we didn't. You don't have pants, but we could give that. We could give. Yeah, we could. We could we give, give you socks. Socks. As well. <laughs> socks. <laughs> Who wears socks on vacation? What is wrong with you people? Well, it depends. If you're going somewhere cold, you've got 17 oh, seconds, ah, 16 seconds. Well, um, some sort of maybe a vacation guide or your itinerary or something. No. Plane tickets. Um, That's a good one. Not in your not in your case though. Oh yeah, your phone's probably not in there either. Um, no. Time up. Six out of ten, though. That's six not bad. Six out of ten is good. I think not the ones bad. you missed out, you could have had plug adapter, sunscreen, a lilo. You could have had a hat. What, is a, what, what is a lilo? I thought you might say that. Ah, I wonder you, know, I wonder. Inflatable, you know inflatable beds like you put in the pool? Oh, yeah. What do you call that? <laughs> um, inflatable bed in the pool. Oh, there's a word for it. I have no idea what it is. I can't think of it. Uh, in England, it's yeah. lilo because we're quick. A lilo. Interesting. Yeah, how, how very quick. Uh, but incidentally, you did guess sandals, which isn't on the list. But the reason sandals isn't on the list is because socks is. And you would never wear both, would you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, socks are like the last thing I want to take on vacation. But that's, that's <laughs> I barely want to take the sandals, right? I want to, I want to go someplace I can be barefoot. There you go. So let's talk about actioning the plan. Okay. So we, we spend our day and we pull this stuff together. We've got this one page. What's the best thing to do with it next, first of all? I wonder that next step. Do you like, are you an advocate of having it beautifully produced and printed on a wall, which I've seen in some beautiful offices where there are big plans on the wall and it looks gorgeous and all illustrated. Do you think it should be, like, what do we do with the actual plan? So I like to print it and laminate it. Um, because I want it on my desk and I want it to be something that's got some weight. It does, it's, I don't want it to just be another piece of paper that gets, you know, left in a pile somewhere. And do you share it with your team or was it like a, a personal yeah. document for you? No, no, no. I'm, uh, so here, here's one of the big questions I get all the time is, should I get my team involved in creating the plan? No. Right. Whether they're remote or not, do you think no. we should? No, no. Um, the fewer people in there, the better. If it's your company, you make the plan and you huh. let them know what it's going to be. Because what happens when you get too many people involved is it starts to, we, we start to have to negotiate, right? We start to have to compromise. The business you're building, exactly. don't you? Exactly. It's not their business. It's your business, right? If you've got business partners, obviously they get to come in. Um, but the fewer cooks in the kitchen, the better. Mm -hmm. And then you roll it out to them and you're going to find that when you start doing this, your team is suddenly going to go, holy crap, I never knew where we were going. And I had no idea. I just thought I was going to come in here and do the stuff that you told me to do every day. And then they suddenly get it, right? They, they see the vision. They see this is what we're building and they can start to make decisions that are helping get there, right? They, they really understand this. This is silly old um, story that I heard about this guy that's walking down the the this old dirt road and he comes up to this clearing and he sees these two guys and each guy is sitting on his side of the road and they're, they've got this big, huge stone and they're chiseling away at the stone. 
And he goes over to the first guy and he says, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, isn't it obvious I'm a stonemason, right? I'm trying to turn this big rock into a building block. He's like, okay, cool. Rock on. So he goes to the other guy and he says, hey, man, what are you doing? He said, this isn't it obvious. I'm building a cathedral. And that's the, the power of letting your team understand what your vision is. They see how their job fits into right. that bigger picture. And they right. get so they, it. They, and don't, they, buy into it. they can feel that significance, can't they? Yeah. And it's, it, uh, for example, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we came into the office here. We're a pretty small team here in the Northeast of England. And where well, I rocked up, I got here a bit before Kennedy because he was out doing something else. And I arrived in, uh, and Grace and Colin here in our office, Grace had had this idea for something that she wants our software to do, you know, based on customer feedback. So said, could it do this? And we'd been sort of like thinking about it for a bit. I'm trying to fit, see where it fits into our general strategy of, of the direction our software needs to take. And Grace said, I've just had this idea. And Colin said, uh, who's our developer? He said, well, I, I'm, I've done it this afternoon. It's done and pushed live. It's, it's live on the internet now. It's just happened. And we were like, wow. And they can make those decisions right. because we know what, where, what we know our where direction we're going. is. We know where we're supposed exactly. to be. We know our why. We know why we're doing it. We, know what they co- yeah. we all know what we're contributing towards. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it changes everything. I mean, you think about when you're building a house mm-hmm. and I use this analogy a lot just because I think most people can understand it. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about the people that are building, that are actually building the house, right? The vast majority of them are very low wage workers, but they can build the house because they've got a punch list and they've got a blueprint and they understand how this thing that they're doing is part of this bigger picture. I mean, the, the people next door to me are renovating uh, a very old home and the vast majority of the workers that are out there every single day don't even speak English. And yet they're building this massive home next to me, right? right. Because, in, in they, and there's, they're from all these different teams, but they all know what they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. It's the same thing with your company, right? You're, if your people understand what it is they're building, they can come in and do the right thing every day without you having to micromanage them. And that's, they might all be speaking different languages, whether that's, yeah. that's literally different languages, or it could be that, you know, when we all in our, in our business and your business, we all come, we're all speaking a different language. One person right. might be speaking more technically. One person might be real creative and out there and whatever. Yeah. And we might be very much, very pragmatic. We are all speaking different languages, but the good news is we're all trying to communicate the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Now, as we create this plan, let's imagine we're going to do it today. Okay. So we're recording yeah. this right now today. So we know that in 10 years time, we've got our big vision and that's going to yep. go in that section. And of course we're now going to decide, okay, three years. And then did you say one year as well? Yep. One year. Okay, great. So I know where we want to be this time next year. So we, we map yep. that out. We're going to start doing it. Great. Now in nine months time, we're nine months close to that year, 12 months time. We've, we've done it. We're, we've, we've, we're there. Yep. Is this like a rolling plan? So do we now like rub that section out and write a new one in yep. for, that, for that year? Because obviously now we've done that year. Now we need to get yep. what is now the second year of three years, which means, does that mean the three years has to roll forward as well? Yeah. Yeah. So you just, you, you go back through the plan, you check the vision, make sure that you haven't changed your mind about anything. And in most of the time you don't, mm-hmm. right? Check your values, make sure they're still in alignment. Yeah. So the three years, just you just bump it out one more year. You go put the next one year in, the, the metrics change, the projects change, and off you go. It's lather, rinse, and repeat. Amazing. Very cool. I love that. I think you've got to absolutely do that. Now, we're going to interrupt proceedings for a second time, I'm afraid, to play our second and favorite game of the episode. Now, here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Laura, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional 
British pub singer. Come on, we can do this. Now that means that some of the words will be hard to understand. Impossible, some may say. And your job, and dear listener home, of course you as well, is simply to guess at the end what song Kennedy is singing. So then, Squire, take it away. Until you got to the last line, that was the worst you ever done it. Are you joking? I thought I said exactly like it. Can you give us that last line? <laughs> no, 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 that would be cheating. Okay. Laura. Plus, I haven't got the energy. What song do you think that was? Oh, this is so hard. I've listened to this so many times and every time it's like, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I can almost hear the tune. I, and wish, I'm I wish it so, wasn't on the tip of his tongue. And I'm so distracted by the horrible language that I can't, my brain cannot wrap it around. I, I, I've got no tune in my head. You have stumped me. That was Patti LaBelle with Lady Marmalade. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I've always just seen it written as LaBelle. I didn't know Patty had a first name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's not like Madonna. No. She ain't no Madonna. Never mind. Talking about, <laughs> talking about making sense of stuff, sometimes yeah. you, you create this plan and you, you, you go 10 years out with it and you get a year in the plan. You might even get three or five years into that plan. Hopefully you won't last as five years. Is there a point at which you have to like, I'm going to just say tear it up. Like you have to realize, actually, this just doesn't work. There, yeah, so there, it, and that's a vision issue, right? Because everything's leading towards the vision. If There are times when you get partway down the road and you go, you know what? I am building a house I am going to hate mm. or it's a house I don't want to own. Or, you know, my, my life has changed significantly. Like I had a, a big life experience big change this year and it, it, it shifted my vision a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it really made me stop and go, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what do I really, 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 really want? And what's important. Yeah. And so I had to go back and adjust my vision for the first time in, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. Okay. Like it's, yeah. And so it does happen. And I think it's important to pay attention to that. It's why we check the vision every single year and say, is this still what I want to build? Um, because we, we do change over time. You know, as we get older, we, we have different values and sometimes life punches you in the face mm. and it, it, you know, it makes you turn your head and say, hmm, maybe all this stuff that I thought was important isn't. Right. Yeah, that what what's important really really changes. So looking back over this whole thing, everything we've been talking about today, this one pager. If we're gonna go, we're gonna go now and implement this plan, what would be a couple of your real actionable tips to implement and keep to the plan? Because so many of us can write a plan, yep. but keeping to that damn thing that can be a real test. So what are your, I know you coach people through this. So what are your real things like questions we should ask ourselves or activities, however you want to put it, that will help us stay on track? So one of the things is you personally as the owner have to review that plan every day. Every day. Pick it up, touch it, read it, remind yourself what you're doing here, right? So every day that you're at work, you got to remind yourself what you're doing here. The, sec- the second thing is to continually ask your employees, or your contractors, whatever you've got, your team, to remember pieces of the vision 
right? Just say, hey, somebody give me, tell me what it is we're working towards, right? What are we building here? Mm-hmm. And, and they don't have to know the whole thing. They just need to get bits and pieces. They need to have an es- a sense of it, don't they, for them? Exactly. And then drill it down and say, so what are we doing this week that's moving us significantly closer to that? And so you're asking people to say, oh, well, I'm working on this thing and it's in alignment with where we're going and this is how we're going to get there. Um, You also want to make sure that um, at least once a week you're asking people, what are our four goals this year? What are we really working towards? Like you want to be able to wake them up in the middle of the night and go, what are our goals? And they go, oh, no, 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 they're they're in my house. (laughs) (laughs) That's after they spit out the four goals. Like it it should just be automatic. (laughs) And then they go, hey, wait a minute, why are you here? Second, survival. Exactly. Amazing. Now, Laura, we're now going to jump over into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. What would be a book you'd recommend? I think everybody should read Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Great book. And can you give us one of your top success habits, something that you do regularly? Yeah, I use a a tool that we have called a daily success checklist. So it sets me up every day. I know exactly what I need to do to be successful today. That's lovely. Which kind of entrepreneur or marketer do you look up to? Uh, you know, I'm a big Ryan Dice fan because I love simplicity. And I think Ryan has a, a way of taking really complicated ideas and simplifying them so that everybody gets them. He does. Very He's cool. got an incredible uh, way of doing that, hasn't he? Definitely. Yeah. What are some of your favorite apps that you think are super cool right now? Uh, you know, I'm a big Evernote fan. Yes. It's- yeah, I, I live and die in Evernote and my team lives and dies in Asana. Yeah, yeah, us yeah, too. Yeah. We're using yeah. all of those things. Not sexy, not new, but we just love them. Yeah, they're just practical and they just run things, don't they? You can do a lot yeah. of stuff in those things. And so big important question, who do you like more, red-haired Rob or platinum-haired Kennedy? <sighs> oh, it's so hard because I, it's so really I was looking not. at you. It, no, it is because... Rob was wearing a plaid shirt and I have a penchant for plaid shirts, but I, I also love Kennedy's idea of, I'm just going to wear a freaking white shirt every day. And you had a plaid vest on. So, man, it is such a toss up. So I'm going platinum only because my hair is starting to move that direction. You, I knew you were a lady of distinguished style. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> most importantly, Laura, tell us, where can we go to find out more about you? Um, well, you can go to our site, simplesuccessplans.com is always an easy way to, to hunt me down. Um, of course, Facebook, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, can, I, can I give everybody a, a copy of the Daily Success Checklist? Of course. I mean, heck, I'd love one. Super. So it's just simplesuccessplans.com slash daily, all lowercase. And I'll give you the, the um, fillable PDF version, the printable version. Um, I'll give you a sample so you can see what it looks like. And I'll give you a little tutorial video to, to show you how to use it. I love that. The links to that and everything else we talked about are in the show notes. I'll stick the link over to that in just a moment's time. Laura, thank you very much for being here. That was absolutely brilliant. Thanks. I had a great time. I love talking about this stuff. So that is for me is a really simple, not only sort of structure for a strategy in your business, but actually it's 
good definition of what a strategy is, because I think lots of people get caught up in the sort of differences between what is a strategy, what are the tactics, and then do you have What's a strategy? What's a business plan? Yeah. <laughs> do you have a strategy for your whole business or is this sort of a strategy that you would roll out in different bits of your business? I think all those questions really nicely tied up and answered there with something that you can actually go grab a piece of paper or that massive whiteboard that everybody's left blank on the wall <laughs> and you can do something with it. Love that. Absolutely love it. Rob, where are we going to find all of the show notes for this episode with Laura? You'll find them over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero nine zero. That's it. We'll see you next week. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.